Hey, what's up, fools? This is your host, Lauren Leslie, with the Design Tribe Podcast, based out of beautiful Atlanta. This is the podcast version of my webinar live stream series you'll find on my website at laurenlesley.com. Leslie is spelled with an E-Y. We'll be discussing all things related to the design side of your online business and interviewing creative entrepreneurs. If you'd like to join my webinar series, you will be able to follow along with awesome slides that I made super pretty, and you'll get to interact with me on live video. I'll also be live streaming to YouTube and in the Design Tribe Facebook group if you'd rather tune in there. To sign up for the live webinars, go to laurenlesley.com slash webinar dash series. Or if you'd like to join our Facebook community, check out facebook.com slash groups slash design tribe Lauren Leslie. Thanks for connecting with the Design Tribe. Let's start the conversation. Hey everyone and welcome to um, the live webinar of Living Coral, the 2019 Pantone Color of the Year. Um, I'm going to share my screen real quick. And let's see. I want to introduce um, Erica Eileen, who is our um, co-host today. Um, Erica, if you would like to go ahead and introduce yourself, um, let me share it back. Um, so my name is Erica and um, I'm known as Urban Daisies with an underscore on Instagram. And I am a licensed uh, designer. And um, I also um, have another business called Meadow Street, where I design and manufacture a product in the kind of gift, home decor, and clothing accessory industry. So I've done that for years. And, um, but mainly right now I'm doing um, uh, surface pattern design and illustration for all markets, pretty much. Cool. Okay. Let me go back to the presentation. Okay. So for everyone here, if you are wondering why on earth Pantone chose Living Coral as the color of the year, then you are definitely in the right place because we are going to dive into all of this. Um, sorry, I'm like, I'll cut this part out, but I'm like having issues here. Okay, there we go. <laughs> all right. Okay, I'm just gonna say that over again. Okay. Hey guys, if you are wondering why on earth Pantone chose Living Coral as the color of the year, then you are in the right place. We are gonna dive into all of the different reasons why this is the um, perfect color for 2019. So um, to go over today's agenda, um, we are going to recap the 2018 color of the year, which was ultraviolet. We'll talk about um, all the things why Living Coral is the Pantone color of the year for 2019. We'll explain all of that. We'll go over current events that evoke the color living coral, the history of the color coral, how your personality feels about the color coral, and how this can affect your business. So hey, for those of you who don't know me, I am Lauren of Lauren Leslie Studio. What's up, fool? <laughs> I am a portrait illustrator and senior textile designer and um, my designs have sold in anthropology. These are two of my rug designs. Um, so that's a little bit of a background on me. And um, as Erica said, she is a surface pattern designer. She started a amazing surface pattern design community Facebook group. So you can find her on Facebook there. 
And if you want to find her on Instagram, she is at urbandaisies underscore, and her website is at urbandaisies.com. Okay, so for a little history, these are the past colors of the year. So we can see the 2018 ultraviolet, the 2017 greenery, 2016 had the dual colors, rose quartz and serenity, and so on. So that gives us a little I, bit of an idea of where we have been. And so before we dive into living coral, let's just recap from 2018 on ultraviolet. Um, the, Pantone color of the year last year, which I think was kind of surprising, but once we got into sort of the meat of it, it was understandable why Pantone chose this color. Um, and I did a whole video on this color as well. If you want to go to my YouTube channel, it's at youtube.com slash C slash Lauren Leslie. But just to recap a little bit, um, Latrice Eisman, the executive director of the Pantone Color Institute says, we were living in a time that requires inventiveness and imagination. It's this kind of inspiration that is indigenous to Pantone 1838-38 ultraviolet, a blue-based purple that takes our awareness and potential to a higher level. From exploring new technologies and the greater galaxy to artistic expression and spiritual reflection, intuitive ultraviolet lights the way for what is yet to come. So I feel like this color choice was definitely a spiritual one. Um, Erica, is there anything you wanna chime in on from 2018? Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it has more of a space um, feel. To me, it looked a little more on, ominous. And in my experience of years and years and years of, in the industry where color was a big, working with my accessories and my other business, including this one, um, it is, uh, that color's always been a difficult color to market. Right. Um, I'm going to be honest. Um, it, it is, it, it's a color that I would always include, um, with my collections, uh, generally my fall and winter collection size to do market with that other business a couple times a year. Um, and uh, I would include it as in you kind of had to, but it was always my least seller. The, the purples, especially the really dark, more ominous, deeper ones. Plums, eggplants are a little bit different, but um, I really struggled with this Pantone color last year. Um, trying to incorporate it into designs and uh, I just didn't. So um, I'm really excited about this year's color. But um, in terms of it being the higher, the tech, I can see it into the technology. We just went, uh, landed a spacecraft in uh, Mars. We're exploring more options out um, in space. So I can see how that was incorporated. This color was incorporated into that in turn in, the technologies is getting more advanced, but um, personally, aesthetically, for down here on Earth <laughs> in the everyday world, I um, really struggled with this color this year. Yeah, I I don't think that Pantone always chooses the most commercial color. <laughs> they had their reasons yeah. for picking it, but it was very difficult to use in terms of like product design and I'm sure home decor. Um, I mean, your surface pattern, I'm textiles, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even in, I'm, I was kind of flipping through some of, because a lot of the stuff that's been licensed recently, um, some of it will hit the markets this, uh, pretty much most of it will hit 2019. Uh, it's, th th there just isn't anything remotely close to that, but so it's, 
call me. Um, I, yeah, it's just one of those colors uh, just didn't, I, it was, I had a hard time incorporating it and it, it got really brushed over when I did see it at Blueprint. Um, this color, this new color, and we'll dive more into that, is, I think is you're going to see a lot of. Yeah, I think it's definitely more commercially viable. Um, okay, so I'm going to go back to our slides. Okay, so I've um, heard Laurie Pressman speak. That she's the VP of the Pantone Color Institute. I've heard her speak in Atlanta Market um, several times. So if you're going to be in Atlanta Market this January, I would highly recommend um, going to hear her speak and talk about this color. Um, she always has a lot of great insight, and it was cool to see kind of how Pantone goes about picking their color of the year. So as we know, the color of the year for 2019 is Living Coral. Um, it's a very bright, fresh color. So you may be wondering like how they do their color research. Um, well, they do not pick this color out of a crystal ball. It's not just random. I'm sure to people who are not designers, um, that's probably how it feels, but they actually do a ton of research collecting color information from street trends, fashion, retail, the runway, social media, and travel. And Pantone researches everything from cultural shifts, um, political dynamics, what's going on in current events, and also takes um, historical events into account. So let's dive into Living Coral being explained. So what was your first impression of Living Coral, Erica? Oh, I just was so thrilled to see that color because I'm already starting to see it trend. Um, it is okay. So I'm, I live in Southern California and I'm from um, the beaches of LA. So very um, iconic uh, beaches. A lot of um, movies and TV shows are filmed in my hometown. And that color is seen throughout um all those years and i mean it's just it's in the sunsets it's it's in the sunrise it's down to the flotation devices the lifeguards would use they would they're red but the sun would fade them and they would turn into these corals and so this color really kind of struck a deep chord in for me in terms of i you know i live in an area where it's sunny almost all the time so i see it <laughs> sunrise and the sunset it's just it's everywhere here it's a color that really does well in a coastal style environment because we tend to especially we live outdoors we're outdoors all the time we we shy away from using blacks because they're they're hot when the sun absorbs the heat so you don't want to sit on a black cushion or you don't want to have a black car because it gets even hotter and um, so in terms of outdoors, I do see this color a lot. There's a lot of the, the houses here have red, we call them red tile roofs, but they're really kind of this coral color. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just, it looks nice when the sun uh, sets on them. But also, and um, obviously, because I live in California, unfortunately, there's been a lot of brush fires. Well, there's always brush fires, but um, right. when the sun sets, when there's a brush fire, um, if the sun, the if the fire's between you and the sun, so is west, um, the fire is west of you, the sky lights up into these fiery corals and fuchsias and hot pinks. And the sun actually turns, goes from a coral to a hot pink. So this color just really runs 
in, in deep for me, but I'm already seeing it trend in a lot of areas and um, I'm, I'm started to, I have had already started including it into some designs and I plan on doing that this more, some more uh, as we go along and I'm, I'm scheduled to do blueprint here again in New York in May. So I'm excited to see how cool. this color goes over. Yeah, I definitely am too. And I think it'll be a big hit. Um, like we said earlier, I think it is a very commercial color. So, okay, let me go back to the presentation. So, okay, what Pantone actually said about this color and the reason why they chose it, um, diving into that a little bit, it's, they say that it's an animating and life-affirming coral hue with a golden undertone that energizes and enlivens with a softer edge. They call it vibrant yet mellow, warm and nourishing. Um, it's definitely warm. I mean, I would agree with all of those things. They also say that living coral provides comfort and buoyancy, which I feel like was a very important word choice here uh, in, in our continually shifting environment. Um, they call it sociable and spirited, encourages lighthearted activity, and it symbolizes optimism and the pursuit of joyful ventures. Um, so Pantone's color choice in living coral directly relates to um, what they call the onslaught of digital technology and social media increasingly embedding into daily life. And I feel like this is a recurring theme for Pantone. They always seem to kind of touch on social media and technology. Um, and even in ultraviolet, when they were saying, you know, we need a break from technology and sort of ultraviolet was supposed to be this um, meditative space where we can um, you know, get away from it for a bit. Um, so what do you think about the um, social media and technology aspect in relation to this color choice? Erica, do you have any? Oh, oh is it cutting um, out? <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. Um, so I, in the word buoyancy, um, yeah, I can see that relating to this color a lot. Again, growing up um, right at the beach here in the Pacific Ocean, the there's the the buoys and stuff in the water. I, they start off mm -hmm. red, but they actually the sun fades them into that beautiful coral color. So it does have. It is a. I mean, it's something that we look for as we're in the boat. So there's a buoy, you know, in. Um, it, yeah, it does have a lot of buoyancy. It's in, um, you know, I, there's a lot of agriculture in my area. So, I mean, I, it's my peach tree, my apricot tree, it's, it's in that, the colors is, is in that. So I do see this as a very playful and fun, fun color. Um, interesting, both my kids, uh, when they were little, their first favorite color tended to be in the oranges and coral colors. They were very attracted to yeah. that color. Mm -hmm. So, and I thought, I mean, it was really interesting wasn't one, but both of them, and I tended to be a theme amongst their little friends at the time too. They're teenagers now, so they <laughs> very differently of the color, but, um, yeah. well, I, I, I neither one of them are really, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I agree with the word, uh, buoyancy being really important and kind of like a keyword, I think for us to sort of, um, dive into because we are sort of living in, I mean, Pantone always touches on how we are living in kind of um, difficult times. And so that buoyancy word, it, it directly relates to kind of marine life as well. But also I think there's a deeper meaning there, which 
means that sort of it encourages people to be resilient um, and sort of bounce back or do, do you see that kind of with what, where they're going? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I do see this color being picked up and paired with other colors, fall colors in the fall. And, and my, my interesting, my daughter's name is Autumn because I just think that that's one of the most beautiful seasons. Although it's not the greatest looking season here in California. We don't get that many trees that change colors, but um, it is just such a strong, I mean, it makes such a statement of the changing of those colors and um, uh, it's it's the most colorful season of the four. I mean, in California, it's a little different. We really only have two seasons here, spring and summer. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, we do. I, I do have a few trees that do change colors. and um, But I do see this kind of picking up. It's the buoyancy, but just uh, I see this carrying through just a, it, through every season this year. Um, I'm already seeing, um, I was at Trader, not Trader Joe's, um, Home Goods, and I'm, I saw a lot of flamingos tra trending, Christmas flamingos. <laughs> so I'm yeah. seeing um, okay. that trend already. So that will carry through for Christmas, this color. I'll see it through fall as well as spring, you know, and summer. So um, yeah, I do, I do think they did well in terms of pairing up a, a very well descriptive set of adjectives with this color. Okay. Yeah, I definitely saw it as being more summery, but in terms of um, technology, I think that, yeah, Pantone seems to always kind of go back to this theme. Um, so it's interesting to see um, sort of these phone colors, also the cases coming into coral. Um, they also say that living coral embodies our need for playful expression. And I definitely see it as a very happy color. Like it definitely like lifts the mood. Um, it's energizing. It can be youthful. Um, but yeah, I do, I see it as summer vacation beach, um, very happy color. Yeah, it's such a contrast from last year's color because last year's, I mean, it was vibrant, but yet it had, it had a touch of an ominous feel to it. Cause again, that color is in, I, I mix colors. I, all the time, um, it, that color is just, has, to me personally has always been hard to work with and it's been mm. hard to mar market the, the ultraviolet. The ultraviolet. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. color um, has done very well um, through all the years that I have for both my businesses and um, through all the regions because there's some regions that I sell to. I, every, every region kind of has a little bit different style that I would um, kind of cater to and some some regions are more um, they're really stay stick with their seasons, whereas in right. California really don't. We're, we'll wear black, red, whatever. We're because we only have two seasons here. Um, but some anyway. So, but this color I was able to carry through spring, summer, and fall. Mm -hmm. Not so much into like the winter, but I think this or at least 2019, I think you will see it in uh, uh, in some of the winter Christmas trendy, more of the modern whimsical, not necessarily the traditional right. market, yeah. Right, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so representing the fusion of modern life, Pantone Living Coral 
is a nurturing color that appears in our natural surroundings. And my question is, do you agree with this? Because while I see it as a happy beachy color, and it even reminds me of, you know, weddings and like prom dresses and things like that, I, I don't think I ever really associate this color with nature, even though I know it comes from under the sea. But I think it's just because um, human beings, our natural surroundings, it, you know, we would never naturally be surrounded by coral because we don't live under the sea. So yeah. what do you think about this as being associated with nature? Um, well, where I do, it is. It's a very strong color repeats itself in numerous places in my region. So okay. I think in some areas, and, and I've traveled the world, so I definitely see it in certain regions. Um, it is a strong reoccurring color. Again, it's in our this uh, sunsets. Right. Uh, I see it like the bougainvilleas are very common here. They're everywhere. And although the most common color you see is the dark pink, it does come in this coral color. Um, I, there's bird of paradise everywhere here. So it's in that. It's in a lot of the, oh, pretty much we have things blooming year round. We don't have this uh, right. real strong dormant. It might, the, again, we have a lot of um, people grow a lot of citrus trees here as well as there's a lot of ranches and orchards in my area. Um, so the peach blossoms, kind of starting late January, early February, my peach and apricot tree will start to blossom and it has that coral color to it. Um, I just, I do see a lot, even like the waxy palm tree uh, prongs, when the sun sets, uh, it reflects some of that coral color onto the leaves. Um, so you kind of get the sun reflecting around on some of the plant plants, um, especially the waxier, shinier ones. So it, I think it depends on where you live, um, is how how much you're going to see this color. Like I, in Seattle or Oregon, I don't think you see this color as much. You see a lot more greens. Uh, they have it, it doesn't they don't get as much sun. Um, so I really think it's depending on where you live. Mm -hmm. it, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So I think when I initially thought about this color, this was how I saw coral being used, um, mm -hmm. sort of like beach weddings, prom dresses, and maybe that's sort of just how it's been, you know, in the recent past. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's interesting with you talking about sort of how you're seeing this color trending and coming out and flamingos at Christmas time, you know, like cute flamingos with, you know, a scarf around their neck or something like that. Um, and you're seeing it also being used in autumn colors. And I mean, it, it definitely would, like it obviously is in the orange family. So it would go really nicely with autumn colors as well. I think this is just how um, it, maybe it's been used in the recent past and how I was sort of thinking about it at first. Yeah, I, I've seen this color a lot in um, trending in the weddings. Obviously we have weddings outdoors year round in Southern California because we can, it, it rarely rains. So. Um, <laughs> you know, cold is 60 degrees for us. So um, I see this color a lot in the weddings and just trending. It's, it's just very popular. Um, again, it's, in, it, it's a great color for us uh, coastal people, um, people to decorate outside with because it, it works well in the outside environment. It's this, uh, the because we have sun, it's sunny all the time, 
I mean, it's real. It's cloudy today, and that's so rare that it's actually still cloudy. So, um, mm -hmm. in terms of being the sun beating down and how it treats our outdoor furniture, our decor, um, this is a very outdoor friendly color for us to decorate with because it, if it's going to fade, it's or get a little bit of a sun damage, it still looks nice. Whereas right. some colors don't. They kind of look funny or weird when they start getting that, you know, sun, the fading in the sun. Um, I saw this color a lot growing up um, in the 70s and 80s. And um, again, I, I grew up in a very iconic beach, California beach town. So mm -hmm. this color just is just, it's repeated itself over and over again. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Okay, so Panto says that living coral emits the desired, familiar, and energizing aspects of color found in nature, um, which does make sense, like when you're talking about actual coral, um, and even like what you said with the sunset, I mean, that would apply as well. It's very energizing and um, familiar. And in its glorious yet unfortunately more elusive display beneath the sea, this vivifying and effervescent color mesmerizes the eye and mind. Um, which I think is definitely true. I think people, you know, this is a color that's hard to ignore. It's definitely like a tension catching. Um, so I definitely think they're right on when they say it's vivifying and effervescent, which I thought that was a really cute word to describe this color. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so how does living coral influence home decor? So this is going to be a big color, I think, coming up in home decor. And how I would have traditionally seen it would have been something kind of like this, like a um, like a southern coastal home, even, you know, California home, but something a little bit more, um, I don't know, definitely with a coastal vibe or a little bit more traditional. But then when I was doing research, I started seeing this color being used in these fresh and modern ways. And it definitely feels um, very new um, being applied with the greens or with the bright yellows and, you know, kind of this mid-century modern furniture. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was really liking to see it being used in this new way. And then here's another example. Um, so I also see it as like a, a smart fluid evolution from millennial pink, which was be has been so big for the past two to three years. And it makes it a very commercial choice as well. But like we said earlier, just because millennial pink, everyone knows um, has been huge. So this is just a, a, a little bit of a shift from millennial pink, but it's also got its own personality and um, is kind of coming up on its own as well. So it also looks great in an outdoor patio space um, as well as in soft textiles like drapery and this navy and indigo pairs really well with coral and teals do as well I found. Yeah and I see I'd also pair some lime greens and uh, just different greens. I'm just thinking of mm. when my the, the apricot and peach trees blossom and they have those pretty corally flowers mm -hmm. and then some of the green leaves start to peek out and they have the real bright kind of lime color and they just look really nice together. So I think um, in terms of home decor, I think you're going to really see a wide range of how this color is invited and incorporated into home decor. Some people will mm -hmm. have obviously a lot of it. They may even have their, like you're showing the walls painted or the furniture. Some may be more um, subdued and just add splashes of it. I mean, and it could just okay. be 
you know, a, a bowl of apricots on their kitchen counter or just little hints of it there. It is, um, so yeah, I don't, not everyone's going to go as bold and have a tangerine colored wall or something, but um, right. I do really like it with that, that navy blue. I think it looks very sharp. Um, it was, yeah, it was funny. I saw um, this article by Apartment Therapy earlier today and they had interviewed a bunch of designers um, and people like Emily Henderson and Jonathan Adler and whoever. And some people had a very strong reaction to it. Like some people were so excited and like thrilled that this was the color choice because it can be very commercial, like we said earlier. Mm -hmm. But um, other people were like, kind of like, oh God, whoa, like, I, like maybe I could use it in an accent pillow, but you know, they were like kind of scared of it because it is a very bold color. It, it is a very bold color. So I, I don't see, overall, I don't see that as a huge dominant. People are buying an, a coral colored sofa but I do see more accents. I mean, there obviously there will be some people that will go gold, but I, yeah. um, it, it's a nice safe color too for, um, because it's in between your pink and your orange, uh, but it is a color that is, it's a love it or hate it. It's right. That's how, that was I the mean, feeling I, I was getting. <laughs> every color is that way. My, my husband was raised by blind parents. So okay. he reacts very differently to color by association because they never talked about being raised both parents blind. They never discussed color. Hmm. Everything was sound oriented. So when he sees colors, he associates it like if he sees brown, he's like, oh, UPS brown. He associates it with some kind of a product or company that strongly, that color strongly represents. So sometimes when we try to talk about color, it's, it's very almost overwhelming to him. It's a whole nother, he gets very visually overwhelmed because I think he wasn't grown up. Um, that wasn't a very, you know, they obviously didn't decorate. So um, it's very interesting. And uh, with, I had color psychology. So with a color psychology in terms of incorporating this color, because brighter colors tend to be, like, let's just say it was a restaurant decor. Mm -hmm. So your brighter colors tend to be for a uh, kind of a fast food or a, a place where it's, they, they make their money on how many people they get through in a day. Um, whereas a sense. higher end restaurant is they make their money, how long you stay and linger and more drinks and hors d'oeuvres that you mm -hmm. order. So it, so the brighter colors, if you notice, you know, like even like a, a, like a juice it up or a smoothie shop, you know, the colors are vibrant and stuff, but this color, I, I think, especially in the coastal areas can be incorporated for the higher end, like with the, that teal and that navy blue, mm -hmm. I think not as an accent colors. I think it's very um, inviting. I see it like, like in a, a high end um, sushi restaurant. Um, because that color kind of reflects into the food as well. I think it's salmon. Yeah, color. Yeah. Yeah, that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay, so I have a couple more images um, mm -hmm. where the exterior uses also look lovely, bringing the vibrancy and personality to the outside of the home. So if you wanted to use this color just as like your front door color, as a color pop, that could be really nice. Um, 
and even at, in the image on the right, I, I do see this as being more of like a coastal area. Like this reminds mm -hmm. me of Savannah or Charleston or something like that. Um, you probably wouldn't see this in other parts of where I'm from in the Southeast, like Georgia or South Carolina, but. Um. Yeah, it's, it's here. Uh, most of the homes have these tile roofs that are this color. Okay, so California. They start off a little darker, but they, they kind of fade a little bit and they have that kind of terror, corally terracotta color. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my roof, I'm one of the few that actually doesn't have it. I have a charcoal because I have more of a cottagey craftsman style house, but um, in my track, but a lot of them, like all my neighbors across the street have, the roofs are that color. Cool. So it's, and it's very reflective of the sun. It kind of, and then when the sun sets, it looks really nice. So yeah, coastal communities, I can see that. The south, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about social media um, in 2019. And that was something that Pantone touched on uh, when they were explaining this color. And they were saying that it creates a liveliness that is very relevant and effective within social media realms. Because in today's world, everyone is on social media and everyone is using social media for their business. So my question is, do you see this color being Instagrammable? And to the people that are watching this, if yes, and if you think this was a great Instagrammable color, then um, like leave me your favorite emoji in the comments or um, leave us a note in the comments and let us know how you would use this color on Instagram. Um, and Erica, what do you think about this color being Instagrammable, <laughs> as they say? I, yeah, I, you know, I think so because it's, it's a very relatable color to all, I mean, with, a, with Instagram and social media, we're interacting with people all over the world where we couldn't. I mean, obviously I'm a lot older than you. So, I mean, I'm back in the times before internet and email where we're calling and faxing each other. So it is a color that I can communicate with people from other parts of the country. It is because it's sherbet, it's, it's, in, it's in citrus, it's in fruits, it's uh, salmon, it's in fish, you know, it's, it's a relatable color. There's someone Everyone has this color in some form of their nature or their life, just about every region. Obviously, some more than others. Maybe, like you were saying, you don't see it as much in nature where you're mm -hmm. at as I see it in here, but I see it as a, a color where we can all come and find something that um, this color has is a part of our lives in some way or another. So I do see this color being uh, going across Instagram social media very easily. Yeah, I think too, like on social media, people want that sort of bright background or, mm -hmm. you know, they want to bring color into their feed. So this is a great way to do that. Um, I think it's a very yeah. easy, to, easy color to do that with. Um, so yeah, I definitely see this color being Instagrammable as well. Yeah. Okay, so let's dive into some of the current events that have happened in the last year and we'll touch on 2017 as well. Um, but this was kind of interesting coming from Latrice Eisman, the executive director, and she says that color is an equalizing lens through which we experience our natural and digital realities. And this is particularly true for living coral. And with consumers craving human interaction and social connection, the humanizing and heartening qualities displayed by the convivial color uh, living coral hit a responsive chord. Um, so I definitely think that's an interesting point of view that color can be this equalizing source, if you will. Um, 
and yeah, just, you know, yeah, yeah. I do you want to touch on that a bit or do you have anything to chime in? Yeah, I do. I think, um, and it, like we were talking about earlier, it is a very, it, it's, it's a very common color that you can find something um, if, even if someone doesn't like the color, there is some real object that you can relate it to where that person at least likes that object. So you may not like coral, but you like um, sushi, you know, or you like, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so there's, you know, there, there is something where you can find a common thread to relate to someone with. Um, and in terms of coral, uh, uh, latest uh, events around the world or at least the United mm -hmm. States. Yeah, I can see this. It's, it's a strong color. It's yeah, and with her saying that consumers crave human interaction, I think it is, maybe by that she means that it's somewhat of a grounding color as well. Like it kind of takes us back to, um, I don't know, this place where we are it has a common ground like we are kind of connected yeah by. well he, when i look out one side of my house in the morning i see this color as a sunrise so it's the beginning of my day mm -hmm. and then you know in the evening i see this color again reflected in the sunset um in the evening so it is the beginning and the ending of my day it kind of is my um, pillars to uh, where my, a lot of my work in activities, you know, running kids around and stuff. So it is, it's such, it's, 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 it's a big statement at the beginning of my day and it's a big statement at the end of my day. I mean, I, again, I rarely does a day go by that I don't see a sunrise or a sunset because it's, it's hardly cloudy here. <laughs> yeah. And it's like so gray outside of, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama right now, but been snowing throughout the southeast it's not snowing here but we are getting the gray clouds like been like that for a few days it normally is sunny here as well but <laughs> we get weird weather <laughs> all right <laughs> there's only some ways you can describe our weather um really so let's yeah, okay ahead. sorry sorry so let's recap um 2017 just real quickly um president trump was inaugurated we had the women's march on january 21st Brexit happened. Um, there was some escalation with North Korea. We all learned about self-driving cars and what the possibilities could be with that, kind of mind-boggling. We learned a lot about uh, self-learning, artificial intelligence, and there was also the really tragic uh, Las Vegas shooting with 58 people dead and 851 people injured. Yes. So it's in people from my, my hometown was at Las Vegas and were injured, so. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too far from Vegas, so about four hours. Wow. That was very tragic. I I won't go too into that because I don't want to depress everybody, but that was very, very sad. Um, definitely affected me very much. Um, but in 2018, we had our International Women's Day, um, March for Our Lives, which was organized by the survivors of the Parkland, Florida school shooting, which was incredibly powerful. I think the whole nation was watching these kids um, stand up to our politicians, which was inspiring and amazing. And I mean, it just goes to show how fed up they are with what's going on. 
um, with the gun violence in our country. And then we also saw a lot of civic engagement. So there's a huge surge in uh, voting popularity. You, you see celebrities like Taylor Swift come out and talk about politics when she's never talked about politics ever before. And just the importance of midterm elections. Um, lots of women were voted into Congress, which was amazing, including the youngest woman to ever serve in Congress. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez and the first Muslim women and the first Native American to ever be, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, voted into Congress, which was really cool. We also had the World Cup, the Royal Wedding, um, Nelson Mandela, a, a July 18th marked 100 years since Nelson Mandela was born. And then we are remembering um, uh, lost people, Aretha Franklin, Stephen Hawking, and Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. So lying at the center of our naturally vivid and chromatic ecosystem, a living coral is evocative of how coral reefs provide shelter to a diverse kaleidoscope of color. So I thought I highlighted the words um, provide shelter because this also seemed like a very intentional way to describe this color. And if you think about how coral reefs really are this um, living, this living shelter for tons of marine life, it is a pretty amazing thing to think about. And it made me think about what's going on in our political climate. And do you think that this is an echo of how maybe the current US administration has handled immigrants crossing the border and sort of providing shelter to those who may be in need? Um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting because, um, well, I, when I am a daughter of, I'm a child of an immigrant, so um, I was trying to think of, you know, my relatives, you know, when, because um, I'm the first one born in this country on that side, and, mm. and I was thinking about coral, because again, I'm living at the beach, coral's been a part of my life, actual, the actual, not just the color, but the actual <laughs> coral, and um, we, um, growing up, we had a saltwater fish tank with coral, living coral in oh, it. Oh, cool. And yeah, and watching the different fish. So I, in terms of it, the border, knowing what, see, watching coral and the fish that, and actually snorkeling and not just here in the waters, in the Pacific, but around the world, coral is a shelter for um, very specific um, fish and sea creatures and it's also a place for them to hide to jump out to sneak up on prey. I've also been <laughs> snorkeled across coral and had eels pop out at me, which can be dangerous. Oh um, I've also been cut, if you uh, touch coral or get cut by it, and if you don't take care of it properly, it, because it, coral is a fungus, it, you will get an infection. Um, mm -hmm. So you're, some people have allergic reactions. So I don't see it as, it is a protection for us. Um, Yes, the, the small fish that are um, invited to live amongst or around the coral, but um, and to keep other predators out. But it's also a place for them to prey upon other because I've seen it just even in my own fish tank. Um, so it kind of works both ways. I, I just thought that was really interesting. See, I kept thinking about last night, and I guess because I all my ex interactions with actual coral. His um, just didn't 
I don't know, I was trying to relate that into the border. And I live, I only live about, um, I'm about an hour from the border of Mexico. So um, I don't know, I didn't quite, I see it as um, more as a pillar of kind of just a reflection of the sun, but coming out of the water because the sun sets on the water. When it sets, it does uh, reflect itself across the water. And I just feel like the coral is just mirroring that coming up from the ocean. And, um, but I don't see it as something like, in terms of this collection of a shelter for all creatures. Because I think of, okay, if it's shelter, it's shelter for like the border or the protection for, um, immigrants it's for anyone seeking asylum whereas in the coral in the ocean mm -hmm. it's not for every sea creature out there yeah um, it's not so literal i think that when yeah they, it, it isn't but i, I when do see it as it, it it's just um a real coral is just so fascinating and um yeah. to, and to watch the fish um interact with it and how they use it in so many different ways but i do see it as like a ray of hope it is it, it's beautiful but it's also um if you cut yourself on it, which i've had have numerous times it's it's dangerous um you can really cut yourself on it um so yeah i just thought that was interesting and i kept kind of trying to figure out i don't know but that was the best i could come up with on um it is it is a collection of color i again i think it goes back to it's that very relatable color. Even if you don't necessarily like the color, you don't want it in your home, or you don't want to wear it, I'm sure you probably eat a food that is that color, or you appreciate the sunset, or a flower, or something. So I think it's it's a color that someone can find that common thread of, again, like I've traveled the world, and it just seems like that color has rippled in every country that I've been to. So there is, yeah, I think there is a pull to it. That color has just a thread that um, extends to everybody that it, where we can all weave together. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so my other question was, is this color choice meant to call attention to coral reefs being endangered? Because this was something um, I read about with National Geographic, and I think I even saw some, um, uh, I don't know if it was on Vice News um, or if it was a documentary that I watched, but I saw something on TV being covered on this um, as well, because like National Geographic says, our coral reefs will, could be gone in 30 years. Like they're really becoming endangered right now. Um, and a UN study found that unless global warming is reduced, coral reefs will die of heat stress. And there's already bleaching happening across, um, you know, across the globe in, you know, huge uh, coral uh, places. Um, and reef expert Mark Eakin calls this catastrophe heartbreaking and that says that it's already happening. And again, according to uh, National Geographic, 25 reefs, and that's three-fourths of the world's reef systems experience severe bleaching events, and this is the worst to date. And Egan continues and says, the Great Barrier Reef damage is 
greater than anything we've seen in the past 20 years and that the last three years have been extremely depressing for him because um, this is his work. This is his job. Yeah. Um, and so he's seeing this every day. So I, I think that this could be also sort of a reason why they picked this color. Um, and, you know, not that that's the only reason, but the fact that they may want to call attention to this really global problem. Yeah, I, I sure hope so, because um, to see coral in its natural environment is so amazing. It is just, it's so amazing. Um, and to, to, to see, read about how it's, how fast it's dying off and it's being affected, is, it is very heartbreaking. So I do hope that that is, um, again, it, it, their purpose is to bring attention to that, to the coral reefs. Um, uh, I, so I hope so. Um, and I do think so. I think, um, you know, it's, it's kind of we're at a opposite, the last year's color really kind of reflected deep you know, had a celestial space kind of feel mm -hmm. to it. And this one has more of a earthly under the, I mean, to me, it's not just under the sea, it's the sun, but it, it I don't know. I really feel like we're kind of, uh, kind of doing the opposite here whole, but I do yeah. hope that this does bring attention to, to that and, and maybe get, more people out to visit the aquarium, their local aquariums um, or tide uh, pools and uh, learn more about what they can do to um, change those numbers in the other direction. Right. It's really scary and devastating and it can have a, a colossal impact on our well-being as well. It's not just about, you know, marine life. It's all connected um, and we rely on coral a lot more than we think we do. So... They do. The ocean really does. I mean, again, like I had a saltwater tank and it was like, we needed that piece of coral in there because it brought, it's kind of like, you know, having plants, what it does for us. It, it does the same thing for under the ocean. It's for the creatures that live around it. So, um, it is, it's, it's not just this beautiful, you know, aesthetic thing for the fish to it's, it, it has served so many purposes and it's right. There's a lot of symbiotic relationships there. Yes, yes, there, there is. So, um, yeah, I, I, I hope Pantone, this color brings a lot of attention to um, those numbers. Yeah, I think it will. Okay, so let's dive in a little bit about the history of the color coral. So I call this little segment the humans meet coral. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the first use of the word coral was written in 1513 as a color name in English. Mm -hmm. And to kind of go back um, and kind of start with coral reefs. Um, they were first harvested for jewelry by the ancient Egyptians and mm -hmm. worn in Rome to ward off evil. And then Renaissance paintings of baby Jesus often depict him holding a coral amulet, which is assumed to also kind of continue this tradition of warding off evil. And then in the Victorian era, it was carved for cameo portraits and it was prized in sleek art deco jewelry during the first half of the 20th century. And then hippies of the 60s and 70s treasured it in its raw form. Mm -hmm. And so, and then going back like before the 16th century, before there was even a word for coral, um, Chinese and Europeans would have labeled this color yellow red. So they wouldn't have even, they didn't even really have a word for orange. 
So Europeans then learned the Sanskrit word as they were trading with India, Naranga, which is, um, which they learned via trade, like I said, in the 15th century, which later became orange in English, but it's also very close to the Spanish word Naranja for orange. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, that is sort of where it came from. And then by the mid 18th century, iron oxide pigments could finally be mass produced for painting red, orange, and yellow shades. But then in 1840, the more chemically stable color cadmium yellow was created, followed by cadmium red in 1920. And both flooded the market while um, for the first time making the full range of orange hues possible. So, I think it was at this time that, you know, you could really get any shade of orange or red or yellow and mixing all of those shades. And yeah. And, and I find that really interesting because I used to paint ceramics years ago and reds was the hardest one to fire. It would, mm -hmm. um, uh, sometimes you had to get a special paint and fire it separately from the other colors and additional firing and the, the color tended to bubble very easily or it would turn, it could, not turn out the way it was supposed to. And mm -hmm. so I'm wondering if um, the yellows were mixed in, because when you mix in some of the other colors, you didn't have that problem of uh, the fire app for, I don't know what it was with the reds, but the corals, um, so mixing more of the yellows into the reds, giving them the different shades of the oranges and corals maybe offset the way that they produced um, the different objects or materials because um, uh, mm -hmm. of the, the red dyes and inks or what, whatever medium they were working in. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, because from what I was researching, it sounded like it was a really difficult color to kind of get to that place. Like I think the first red ever was sort of a lead based red, but it was really um, toxic. So people yeah. didn't use it quite as much. Um, but yeah, yeah. But once they had the cadmium colors, it was definitely more stable and it really flooded the market. And then coral became a favorite among impressionists, which makes sense. And the rest is kind of history from there. We've been able to use it ever since. And it's been yeah. a yeah. really nice color. <laughs> this, yeah, this color is, again, it has repeated itself through history very mm -hmm. strongly, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So our next um, little section is all about you and it gets kind of personal. So we're going to talk about your personality and if you're a coral person or if you're not a coral person. So are you a coral person? So if you, how do you feel about the color living coral or coral in general? Um, so Erica, I think you are, um, from what you've said, you tend to really love this color. So you, I mean, I'm I assuming do. you are a coral person. Um, unless it's on the pinkier side, because if it gets too, too much yellow in it, I tend to look anemic. Um, so I don't wear this color very often, but I do appreciate seeing it. And I live in a very culturally diverse um, area, so I do see this color a lot. It looks great on other people. It just does not, again, as long as it's more on the coral, pinky coral side, I'm, I'm, I can wear it. But um, my daughter, it, it um, she's blonde hair, blue eyed. It, it doesn't, it, it has to be more on the pinker side for her. She's more of a cooler, uh, skin tone. Um, so I personally, I think I might add some accents into my house, especially outside. I do, um, mm -hmm. like this color outside 
And again, mm -hmm. where I live, we live outside, we barbecue and grill year round. Um, so I do see, see that. I see that in, you know, my beach accessories and um, that I do, I do see this personally coming yeah. into my quite a bit. Um, I'm having fun trying to incorporate it into some of my designs, um, even some of the illustrations I've presented to some clients have had this color into it and it's going over well. So um, it, it is going to, I think going to be a great color for me personally this year. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a little bit so-so on it, but I do kind of feel like I do this every year where I'm like, oh, like, I think I was thinking about it in the more traditional way, like as I showed in earlier slides where mm -hmm. it was a bridesmaid's dress or a prom dress or even in like sort of the traditional coastal southern scene um, was mm -hmm. where I'm used to seeing it. But when I see these fresh takes um, and kind of fresh palettes of it being incorporated into with the greens or the navies and the teals and the indigos, I'm like, ooh, like I do kind of really like this. So I think I'm gonna end up really loving this color. Um, yeah, yeah. I did see a lot of um, teals it, this fall in um, Thanksgiving and Christmas home decor. And so just take that teal. I mean, and when you look at just the color by itself, you do think of a summer. It's really easy just to kind of get trapped in the mindset of, a, oh, it's a wedding, it's a palm dress, it's sherbet. So um, right, right, right. if you take that color and pair it with some, um, some earth tones and some navies and teals, I mean, that could be a really fabulous fall um, look. Yeah, I love that insight. Um, I think that's a great insight for this color. Yeah. Because I do, yeah, I have seen it as being the, Like for the holiday season. Sorry, you cut. Oh yeah, you're cutting out of it. I don't know if that's okay. So for the holiday season, you said. Yeah. Yeah. So I for the in terms of for the holiday season, I I, I see it kind of coming in really strong for the fall, and then for Christmas on the whim, whimsical side, I'm already mm -hmm. seeing it now, and I'm I think I'm gonna see I I think you'll see it again, to Christmas 2019 for the whimsical uh, holiday decor and wrappings and all the goodness that comes with that, which I just love. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm already seeing it. Yeah. And again, I similar or colors associated to that, not necessarily that specific Pantone color. Um, I just got the latest, um, what is it? Fashion and home decor Pantone book. I haven't even opened it yet, but um <laughs> So I'm anxious to pull up that color and kind of incorporate that into it. Um, I, I, I think it's going to do a lot better I, than last year's color. And again, I mean, what Pantone puts out, um, you don't always see trending. Um, the year before, what was that, 2017, the green? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, green, you can never go wrong with green. So. Um, it was a hard color for my industry just because I was designing rugs. So you don't really see that color in a lot of rugs. However, I felt like they were definitely on point with greenery in terms of, you know, I feel like the explosion of plants in people's homes, you know, like people have always had house plants, but I feel like this explosion of plants is happening. And I feel like that's where greenery yeah. was really on point. 
Um, yeah, so and that color, yeah, it's in succulents. It's a lot of your green. You incorporate the helm, and yeah. it's a great color for outdoors as well. I see that outdoor mm -hmm. in a lot of outdoor color out he here because it, it, it's friendly. It's a friendly color for us to use to decorate with outside. Yeah. Like some colors we shy away with because we know once we put that cushion out or whatever, the sun halfway through the summer, it's not going to look that great. You know, if the when the sun starts fading, you know, um, we like things that kind of incorporate it into the themes. Again, with a lot of the homes here having those tile roofs, you'll see that in their patio or their backyard um, outdoor living areas. So that color just really kind of works well. Mine, again, is more craftsman cottage. So I tend to lean a little more towards that with my home personally because it just it fits it but um uh yeah the, again it's for some colors to, to decorate with um you just in terms of a home decor is something that lasts longer unlike clothing where it trends i mean once it hits the market it, it you know there's a higher turnover whereas home decor sure. you, you buy a rug it's going to be there for a few years you know, you may change things out for seasons. Like I change some things out around the home. Like throw pillows or some soft texture. Yeah, yeah, soft. yeah. I'll yeah. put things Accents. out um, for the season. I mean, again, we only have two seasons here and they're kind of similar seasons. Um, so, it, so it's not a whole lot. But um, in terms of home decor, it is, it, it, it's, I think it's for decor like for what you do for rugs, I think to incorporate little bits of it, mm -hmm. accent into the rug. There's so many flowers that have that color um, in it. And, yeah. and again, it's in fruits as well. So to incorporate that in there, in the design, I think you'll see that um, training. The green, what was it, two years ago? Again, it is a bright green, but I think again, hints of it with other greens, other colors, it can, it can do well. Um, uh, so I, I see that color doing really well in, again, the coastal communities. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to the slide. So here are a few funny revelations about how your personality handles this lively color. So let's see. I don't know why it's not letting me. Okay. So because coral is a blend between pink and orange, we'll have to draw some conclusions from both of these colors. Um, the the book that I have on um, color personalities didn't have exactly coral, so I had to pull from pink and orange characteristics. But if you love coral, um, or if you love pink, I guess I should say a pink person is less ostentatious than a red person, but still has style and perspective. So in softer tints, it is pure, demure, and sweet. And if you love pink, you are generally talented, but not pushy or overly ambitious. So lovers of orange, on the other hand, work and play hard. They're expansive people. They're extroverted. They have original ideas. 
Um, they're good natured, adventurous, enthusiastic, and they have strong determination. And they're also pretty agreeable and happy um, people. But orange lovers can be a bit fickle. Um, it says their newest friend is often their best friend until the next shiny new person comes along, and that person is their best friend. <laughs> but they um, are often successful in business because they're so gregarious and charming. So I really see coral, if you love coral, as being a blend of these two um, sort of descriptions. So I would say coral lovers will find themselves somewhere in the middle of the scale, perhaps loving to be social on the weekends, but preferring to stay in during the week, maybe being um, successful in business, but maybe not being like the extroverted salesperson, but a little bit more in the middle. Um, would you agree with that? This is all coming from Latrice. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do because, um, and I, cause I see the, the, the thing about the orange and the pink being very true. Um, I see that a lot in the coral. I do. I do mm -hmm. see that. Okay. I mean, even for myself, I'm more, it's work hard <laughs> during the week. <laughs> but a lot of times my work spills over to the weekend sometimes. So, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it is a color that I do associate with playtime. Mm -hmm. um, again, I used to, um, when I took my kids in a little to the park, I used to put orange shirts on them so I could spot them easily. <laughs> and then it started to catch on for, you know, everyone, because everyone else was doing red. And so I thought, okay, I'll do orange. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So if you hate coral and you just have an aversion for this color, um, again, I had to kind of pull from the pink and orange um, sections of this book. Colors for Your Every Mood by Latrice Heisman. But if you hate pink, then its innocence is quite annoying to you, is what it says. You consider it weak. And hot pink is going to be too showy for you, and you're just not a person with that much audacity yeah. who needs to be the center of attention all the time. And you prefer more sophisticated and friendly colors, kind of staying in that safe realm of neutrals and muted blues. And then also, if you hate orange, then nothing flamboyant appeals to you. You're not a fan of partying, hilarity, loud people showing off or public displays of affection. You prefer to be a little bit more um, reserved and you may be slightly a bit of a loner, but you do have a few genuine friends. And once you've made a friend, it's for life. You're very loyal and sincere. So I would say coral haters will find themselves somewhere in the middle of the scale. Um, so perhaps you have some boldness inside of you when necessary, but maybe you prefer to keep it reserved only for like extremely important situations. You're not going to be the center of attention. You're not going to be, um, you know, the loudest person in the room, but maybe you enjoy a nice party from time to time, but maybe you would never like host a large party yourself. Maybe that would be like too much. So. Yeah, I, I agree that uh, I think it's so funny. Okay. So I have this uncle that hates the color red and he hates <laughs> it so much that he wouldn't let anyone in his family to wear the color red. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So color, um, and if you've had color psychology, color really affects people. Mm -hmm. I used to babysit when I was in uh, high school, this little baby and the color red made him so excited that if you try to put him, like if his mom was wearing a red shirt, when she tried to put him down the neck, he wouldn't go to sleep. Oh my goodness. So just so lit up every time he saw red. So color really does affect mood. That's why color, um, you know, restaurants when they decorate or hotels or anything like that, where they're inviting masses of the publics in, 
they really consult, you know, a good interior designer has a strong background in color psychology and how color affects, again, that the brighter colors, it makes you excited energy so that you get in there, you eat and you get out because yeah. they get their business on how many people come through. So I think color is, coral is more of a safe color between those two colors. It's not, I mean, there's some people that absolutely hate pink. And when it comes to decor, and I mean, there's some husbands that really don't like pink. Um, and I, orange is a very bold color um, to go with the color coral. Especially if you have a light faded color, it tends to be a little more safer. There's a common ground there, but um, yeah, yeah. I still see coral as being very feminine though. Like, I, I mean, at least historically, like I, I do. Or I do Southern, too. very like, very Southern, like traditional Southern, like. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. I can see that um, as, yeah, is a, a very traditional Southern color. Um, or like a Vineyard Vines. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the brand Vineyard Vines. Um, uh, no, but we have Southern, vineyard, But yeah. yeah. Do I think of vineyards? We have vineyards out here and they're, uh, uh, a different color comes in mind because that's what it colors that I see across. We have a lot of wineries out here where I live. So, mm -hmm. so um, this is a clothing a company for men. So it's like, but that, but they do very bright colors like this. So I feel like it's a very particular type of um, personality that, but they definitely have a, a big following. So, but it, I, I would say it's a very Southern thing. <laughs> yeah. Like my husband, he, he would never wear coral. Um, I don't know if he, how he would feel about decorating and again, being raised by blind people, he gets very overwhelmed visually sometimes i'll show him designs or things and um and i i bought this house before i had met him and i have every room's painted a different color so <laughs> it was very visually overwhelming for him to come in every room's a different color because i have these different moods i want to if i want to sit in room and it's that room's got blues in it you know i for my different moods and how it inspires me so um he appreciates the green that I have, which is a, an exciting kind of, not a bright, obnoxious green, but it's a kind of a Granny Smith apple green um, in the bedroom because it's a great color to wake up to. And um, he does appreciate that. So yeah, I think coral, um, it is a more feminine color. I have feeling that more when it comes to a couple's decorating that um, there'll be more people can agree on coral over pink. It's been a bit of my experience. Yeah, um, I could see that. When I design home except that for my other business, the accessories, um, the coral really picks up starting uh, February through through fall, and it starts to cut off uh, as we close out Thanksgiving. Hmm. Um, so it it is a long lasting. Like when when I look at that color, because when I invest, or you know supplies, whether it's materials that are already in that color or paints that I mix for the color, um, that color has a long, longer lasting for the year. So, um, cause a lot of my materials were, are imported from other, another country. Um, so I have to get it way ahead of time, um, and get the things together, samples and stuff. So it, it's, that color has a long lasting. It's something that I would uh, invest a lot of in for the materials for that color, 
because it trends longer, has a longer season. Red, like red really um, late August through February is, it has a shorter time limit, but it's, a, I can sell as much red as I do the coral. It's just, I'll sell a lot of red, whereas mm -hmm. I'll sell coral over just a longer period of time. So that's how, when I look at colors for my other business of, okay, like the, like the, the purples and the lavenders, I know I don't, a little bit of it will carry me like two years. It just is not a common, it's a color that I right, need to right, have right. in my line, but it's not a color that, cause you, you always have to have that color to kind of sell it. It's not a bestseller. Color. Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. something that is needed in the line, but it's not something that, um, is, it's not one of my, what I call it bread and butter. You're not going to run out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Too yeah. quickly. Yeah. But the corals, I, and I have so many different shades of it, but, um, I, I like it with the, the, that teal and the navy and some browns and maybe even a gold. So yeah, I love that palette. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people are wondering how will this affect my business? Um, and what will I have to do with this color? So I would say that the very first thing is just, you have to know your customers. Um, that's the most important thing. So if you see that you can work it into your existing assortment or product offering, then that would be amazing. Um, see if you can use it as a pop color or on a small detail. Like I mentioned earlier, I designed rugs, so I'm probably not going to do a giant coral shag rug, <laughs> for example, but I could use it in maybe a floral design or as a small accent um, within a rug design. So, you know, you can use it in smart ways. And also mm -hmm. the exact shade of coral can be a little bit flexible. So you don't have to use this exact shade of coral, but perhaps exactly. you want a dull version of um, coral, which suits your customers a little bit better. For example, the dress on the left, you can see that this is a kind of more dull version. And I could see this color being used in home decor a lot more easily, um, especially oh, yeah. in rugs and textiles. Yeah. I've designed a lot of logos and done a lot of branding for companies as well. And I used to work with, uh, do a lot of freelance work for a couple of major magazines. And I can see, like, there's a lot of that, because um, I'm thinking my husband, Facebook and my husband, the color of the company my husband works for, has that corporate kind of blue. So mm -hmm. I'm glad, I hope to see this color in the corporate world. Um, and I, because it's, it breaks out of that dull corporate and it brings in more of the younger generation. More, yeah. it, it says a lot more of vitality and it, it's a color that says growth. I mean, yeah. green says growth, but I think this says it's, it's like flourishing. Yeah. It is very vivacious and lively and has that energy yeah. about it. So I can, yeah, I hope to see this see for more sure. incorporated into the corporate world. Mm -hmm. Um, so coral can also be a great shade for marketing and advertisements, and it's easy to incorporate into your social media strategy. Like we talked about earlier, I'm losing my headphone. <laughs> we, like we talked about earlier with, um, it being Instagrammable, it's very, um, eye catching. And you know, if you like when people are scrolling through Instagram or through Pinterest, like you want your, um, your pin or your photograph or your, um, design to really pop out on the page and like stand out in the newsfeed. So I feel like this color is very eye catching and easy to do that with your social media strategy. And you can um, develop into the overall meaning as well um, behind the, 
behind the purpose of Living Coral by bringing a sense of environmental consciousness into your business messaging and just thinking about overall like why Pantone picked this color and just sort of latching onto that and bringing that into your business messaging. If you're not going to, you know, go crazy with this color, you can still kind of um, dive into why it's here for 2019. Thank you so much for listening to the Design Tribe podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Here comes the part where I need to ask you for a favor. (laughs) Help a sister out. Next time you're in iTunes, please, please leave a rating and a review. Please? It only takes a few seconds and it would quite literally make my day. For real, it helps this podcast get found so that other awesome people like you can join the dialogue and connect with each other. As a quick reminder, we go live on the webinar version of this podcast. Uh, so to get notifications, head over to laurenlesley.com slash webinar series, or check out the Facebook group where we will be streaming on Facebook Live as well. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Talk soon.